All right, so there's, uh, I remember seeing this from some TV show from a long time ago. I really liked it. And it was uh, this kid, kind of a troubled kid, and they, they were trying to ease him off of all of his energy. They wanted to find a way to get him to, to be busy doing other things so, so, so that he would be so reckless in his life, like uh, you know, breaking walls and, and taking a bat and, and smashing vases and such like that. So they decided that they're going to uh, teach him about puzzles. And so wouldn't that be great to, to do puzzles and bring them all together? And so <laughs> you see him, he's working on a puzzle, and, but he's still impatient about it. And uh, the woman, I guess like a babysitter, who is, is there with him is noticing that the piece of puzzle that he's trying to put in that doesn't really fit. And so she says, oh, you know, Johnny, I don't think that piece goes there. I don't think it really fits. And you see him with his fist slamming the, the piece down, wham, right into it, and says, it does now. <laughs> uh, so, but... but but who, is it, who does this remind you of? Uh, of so many of our friends, right? At the end of the day, who, who force a fit into everything, right? It, the men and women are the same, a classic example. Like, but it doesn't fit to make them the same, at least that, that argument. Uh, it fits in other ways, of course, but we won't go there. I'm simply saying it doesn't fit in the sense to make this argument. You, you can't say that, that men feel the same way that women do and women act like men do. We just... That, that's not a fit, but they force that fit, right? So uh, the, the, the notion that Islam is good, or radical Islam at the very least, and will fit very well with our culture, right? Yeah, well, because they want to believe it, right? Just like the kid wants to jam that piece of puzzle into the, to the overall puzzle. They, the reality is that they only want to blend in. That they, The liberals will argue that the radicals in, among Islamists will uh, only want to blend in with our culture and be good Americans and just want to enjoy the prosperity and peace that we enjoy. And they so badly want to believe it that they force that fit as well. And, uh, and, and here's another one, one of my favorite ones, of course, and I guess I suppose it's the granddaddy of it all, right, is, is global warming, right? The granddaddy. And th this notion that we are going to, whatever evidence comes our way, we're going to say it means climate change, global warming or whatever. So if it's, if it's raining a lot, it's global warming. If it's, if it's a drought, it's global warming. If it's the ice caps are not melting, in fact, growing, somehow it's global warming. Uh, you get the idea. They, they, just everything, whatever new information comes in, they'll fit it into what they have already said as a mantra. Um, Let's see. There's another one. Oh, yeah, here. The Republicans, and the, I'm looking at a list here, a little cheat sheet I have here, that the Republicans and the Democrats have switched sides. Have you heard that one? Right? Oh, Where, who hasn't? Yeah. Right. So Republicans are now the Democrats, and the Democrats are the Republicans. So in other words, the Democrats, you know, are implicitly recognize the Republicans in the good old days when Lincoln was uh, the, the party leader, they knew, he knew what was, what was right. And so now they're, they're like him. Yeah, yeah. And vice versa. They, they, they also acknowledge that Democrats in the old days were really horrible. Okay, and, and we agree with that. The only thing we disagree about it with is that we think that they're still horrible, right? And, it's, and the, the platform has really not changed. But this is the way it is. This is, you know, the South is now the North, and, uh, you know, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic that they present. Uh, 
Yeah, it's interesting how everything is always the opposite of everything else. Men are women, women are men. Right. Global warming, global cooling, floods, fires. Hot is cold, cold hot is hot. Yeah, hot is cold, cold is you know, hot. Like, like the Radiohead song, Down is the New Up. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite songs, <laughs> by the way. So uh, I, it's so weird. Like Lincoln, and then they, some people even argue that Lincoln was a, was a Democrat. He's the first Democrat. Oh, really? <laughs> like, please just Google this. This is one of those, call, one of the things that they call fake news, right? Like, that's, you can't change that part of it. I'm sorry, my friend. You can argue if you want that somehow the Republicans lost their way. You're wrong about that. But don't, don't say that, the Lincoln, that Lincoln himself was a Democrat. Uh, start trying to force history is... Look, the Soviets did it. The fascists did it. Every dictatorship changes history. That's the forcing of history, the force-fitting of history. Uh, then this... Um, then this uh, little thing that uh, Trump did recently, which is about America first, right? So you've got this argument, and everyone's jumping on him because he said America first, uh, which you know harkens back to the, an, an isolationist time of America just before World War One, and uh, Charles Lindbergh uh, adopted it as well, and he was an anti-Semite. So you see how we're connecting the dots here, and therefore Trump is an anti-Semite. Are you with me? You got it? Good. Lindbergh flew planes. Trump owns a plane. The same guy. Yeah, same guy. In fact, maybe, maybe he, you know, and they're both white. So what more evidence do you need <laughs> that he's an anti-Semite and probably a racist too? So you get the idea. They, they, they will force this fit. <laughs> they have to believe this. Putting aside that, you know, you can, you can say anything about uh, any expression. It's like apparently America first now, it's a taken phrase and it, it belongs in the dustbin of history, and it's it's like it's like a a, a professional athlete's number. His jersey number is retired. You can't no longer the number fourteen can ever be used, right? So no longer can the phrase "America first" ever be used because you know it's such a bad phrase. Here's a problem, though. It, with the same thing, they might as well say, you know, why not just say it's the same thing as "Deutschland über alles," which means in German. Germany above all else, or another way of putting it, Germany first, right? And so let's call him a fascist because, you know, it's so similar to Deutschland über alles. Why not also, for that matter, uh, you know, hearken to what uh, Hillary Clinton and, uh, did and so many other campaigns did, including Obama for his reelection, the forward campaign. The word forward is a classic communist slogan, you know, forward with, with, uh, with Mao. That's one of the, one of the ones. And uh, I read it, all these different forward slogans. But these communists really look forward, as it turns out. That's their thing. So I guess you can't use the word forward, right? That's been retired as well. But they, they, it doesn't apply to them. They can say communist horrific things or things that, that hearken to um, communist things. But we can't say something that might mean, very simply, that America should be considered first, as opposed to us thinking about the whole world all the time and just giving it all away. That's the point. But again, they, they just try to force this fit. Uh, putting again, one last thing, and I think you brought this up before, that the, the whole concept of minimum wage, you know, for a liberal to, to, to announce his love for minimum wage, it, it, but then you, you can hearken back to the fact that minimum wage was designed specifically to, uh, to ostracize and keep blacks away from from work, right? That's the history of minimum wage. So you can't, you're not allowed to say that phrase and you're not allowed to 
uh, certainly not to push its, for its policy. That's a racist policy. But of course, it doesn't count because the Democrats want that one. But going back to forcing a fit, uh, I, I see this all the time. I mean, don't you see it all the time too, Ari? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it just even, even the, the, the transgender stuff, you, you, we're going to force this upon you. We're going to fit you in that bathroom. Yeah. This woman, yeah, exactly. This woman who thinks she's a man, well, we're, we're going to force that fit. You, you, she's going to be a man now and vice versa, of course. And you'll, you'll have to like it. And don't you complain about it. We're all going to have to pretend that she's just as much of a man as, uh, as you are. Never mind that she doesn't have a penis. She is a man. And please and stop with the pronouns, the she crap. He's a he. Thank you. That's the way that, that they, they, they always approach this. Yeah, but what's interesting is there's almost like a, um, a, a law of opposites in that every fit that they force or try to fit or force the fit on, the, the shoe fits perfectly on them in actuality. <laughs> so true. this last week... Um, Trump's inauguration happens. Yeah. The left is calling Trump a Nazi, while the left itself is engaging in its own Kristallnacht on the streets of Washington, D.C., as the inauguration is happening. And the Kristallnacht was not run by the Trump campaign. It was run by those calling the Trump campaign Nazis. So those who call the other people Nazis are doing as Nazis do. Well, in, fa- in fairness, uh, Kristallnacht, there was not, not a specific... Uh, equivalent to Kristallnacht, because at Kristallnacht, they were, they were actually breaking glass down. I don't know that there was that much violence uh, during the uh, Million Women March or whatever oh, it was. Oh, I'm not talking, no, no, I'm not talking about the Million Women's March. I have a different one for that. Okay. I'm talking about the riots in Washington, oh. D.C., where they were breaking plate glass windows of businesses, business after business, and yes. setting okay. fires. It was a Kristallnacht-ish riot. Then, then I retract my non-application and say that, indeed, it is quite applicable. Please, That's go right. ahead. My piece fit, yours didn't. So get it out of the space, <laughs> right. buddy. And then, speaking of the gynocentric Nuremberg uh, rallies the next day, that was also the equivalent of, of Nazism. And how funny and ironic. That you the, had me at gynocentric. I know. Isn't that a great word? I've been using it all week. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, the same people who claim that Republicans want dirty air and water decide to leave a gigantic mess and not recycle all of their uh, rally paraphernalia, yeah. and they just leave it strewn on the streets. It's so disgusting. And not once do they say, uh, during all their rantings and ravings, anything to the effect of, uh, you know, by the way, folks, let's, let's, uh, let's show them how we care about the earth. Let's pick up after ourselves. If you see any trash, even if it's not yours, please just, you know, give a hoot and don't pollute and pick it up. <laughs> yes. Right. And, and, and there's so many nearby bins and thank you so much. All right. Let's give a big hand to clean earth. Right. Because we don't want to be like those wascally conservatives. Let's do it. But no, no, no. They, they, they don't even think about saying that in the first place. Uh, it's, they're totally cool with it just being a total mess. You know, leave, it's like leave your popcorn on the floor, right, when, when you go to the theater. Most people leave their, their drinks and everything else on the floor. They don't think to throw it away. Maybe, maybe they should, but nevertheless, there's always somebody who cleans up all these things. But, you know, when you're doing it with a city, I mean, it's just, it's just disgusting. How the, how the, it, same thing with um, Occupy Wall Street, right? Uh, where it was not just trash that being left. I, I wish it were only that, but sadly there were a lot of crimes and there were rapes as well. Uh, the only thing that didn't happen was murder. 
and uh, given enough time, that would have happened it did. too. There were a few incidents. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I stand corrected. <laughs> that, right. fit, that piece fit too. Yeah. The other thing that was so well, what doesn't fit is they want to they want to portray, portray themselves as such loving, tolerant, clean, uh, observant, and, and high moral people, when in fact uh, they're anything but that. And that's this is too easy, right? With the especially with um, the Occupy Wall Street crowd that that were literally about nothing. We're always trying to, you know, figure out what they what they want. Same thing with this. Uh, was it was it Million Woman March? Is no, it was that just called the Women's March. The Women's March. Okay, something. but it was throughout many cities, right? Yes. In America, in, liberal in our, cities, <laughs> and around the world too. Yes. And uh, okay, so they got a lot of people, um, a lot of women for sure, and of course the husbands and boyfriends and supporters. But uh, okay, fine. And so so they're they're upset about something. What are they upset about? You know, and just just exactly. What's the, the idea? And I think there was one speech that basically epitomized everything that they believed and what they really wanted to convey. And that was from the speech from Ashley Judd. No doubt you saw that video, Ari. I saw that video. Did you? No. Oh, oh man. I can't believe this. I was too busy watching the Madonna video over and over. Oh, this is worse than the Madonna video. Oh, I know, but you know it's Madonna. And All right, well, so she she went on, and, and please, I I commend you to listen to the Ashley Judd speech during the Women's March. Uh, no doubt, if you just YouTube it, you'll you'll find it, and it's about uh, ten minutes long, uh, which I think is about ten minutes too much, but nevertheless, it's interesting just to see just this rant, and and she, it, it wasn't as if somebody threw a, a mic at her. And said, "Talk, Ashley Judd," you know, and she just kind of started, you know, spewing her venom. No, no, no. It was planned. She had memorized this speech, and she went on and on and on. She wasn't drunk. She was very articulate. Well, articulate, I don't know, but she was not drunk. Let's put it this way. And she just ranted and raved like a mad woman. It was craziness. She was talking about how. Um, about using the P word um, uh, and that we are nasty women and that we, and she's talking about how that they have periods and how they wake up and have to deal with bloodstained uh, sheets and like as if this is something that is appropriate to bring up in, in any form whatsoever, let alone during daytime, let alone during time when kids are watching right there. Uh, and, and, and putting aside the fact Okay, what do we? What can we do for you, lady? What, is this the the issue here that we are not um, uh, paying enough for laundry services for these bloodstained sheets because you have a period? I mean, what, what, is this why I didn't realize that? I mean, is this why all you ladies and everyone else who supported this march, why you flew all all over the world to come to Washington D.C. or wherever you did, so you can complain that you know there's men should be chipping in when it comes to cleaning up your your bed sheets? I don't get that. It was a theme in the she in this the speech that she made. It was all over the place. The key point, Ari, is that there was nothing specific, nothing. It was it was shocking how empty this speech was. Uh, talking about instead of saying we're powerful and we're beautiful and you better listen to us and like what what do we do? Where is the threat here? The the man that you're talking about who's literally been in office, well. One day, and I think it was, actually, I think it was 
Yeah, it was one day. It was less than a day because the day before he was at Mostly Balls and playing, you right. know, uh, what do they call that, um, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance right. events that were very time consuming. You didn't have a lot of time to sign executive orders <laughs> until then, you know? Well, but, and, and then whatever he's done even since then, there's nothing that's anti woman, nothing even an anti choice, if you want to throw that into the fray. Nothing. And, and what is it? I, so, so in, in short, I think the whole thing was, was rallying around that, that comment regarding the P word that he said. Can I just say it? Yeah, yeah it's your right. podcast. So, I know, like, I know, but I okay, want to be. Okay, hold on. From this moment on, this is an adult-owning, not safe for work uh, piece of entertainment. Go. <laughs> All, right. All right. So he, the, the comment that Trump made from the Billy Bush video where he said uh, that he can grab pussy. No, okay. he said, if you want women, you got to grab them by the pussy. Right. You okay. didn't even listen. You got to right. learn. Got to grab them by the pussy. Billy. All right. So, <laughs> so obviously very, um, very raunchy. Uh, you can even say it's inappropriate. But it wasn't really inappropriate in the sense because he didn't know that he was being videotaped, for one thing. And, uh, and certainly didn't ever think that this was going to be coming to play. But they found this. And, and the, hit, the Clinton campaign, of course, brought this out. Um, and, and should somebody speak like that, generally speaking, no. But guess what? In locker room talk, guys t- talk the way they do. And uh, guess what? In locker rooms, uh, women's locker rooms, uh, women talk a certain way too. Yeah, it's true. Okay? You know, you know how I know? Because you women tell me. And w- sure. w- women have their own uh, nasty way of speaking about guys. And it's, it's much more sexual than we ever think. And, uh, you know, which kind of makes gives you a smile to my face because it makes me feel like we're both, you know, uh, similar in that way, but there's a lot of nastiness on both sides, and there's there's locker room talk for both sexes. But anyway, that the point is that the, the, the whole rally was based upon this comment. Ultimately, that's what it was about, right? Because they were so mortally offended by this this pussy comment. We'll just call it the pussy comment from now on, I guess. I like that. Can you say that again? <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. <sighs> well, I'm going to think it. I can't work under these conditions. Anyway. <laughs> So, and no, we are not going to call this podcast the pussy comment. Okay, no, we're going to call it grabbing by the pussy comment. Oh, it's not just pussy. Pussy has to go with other things. It's, it's nice. Uh, but here's the, I think the... But, but don't you think that's right? Of course, but there's an even bigger kind of point to all this. Don't liberals love to say, you can't fight fire with fire? You right. can't confront hate with hate? Right. So why the hell... Do they think it's okay to confront one piece of accidental vulgarity that happened to leak out to the world because of a nasty political tactic right. to engage in a massive display of vulgarity for the whole world to see, including many children who were brought to the yeah, event by their parents? <sighs> it's, it's, it's stunning. It is true. But you stunning. see how that fits or doesn't yeah. fit? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, how does, how does dressing up like a woman's private parts right. make you, hold you up higher than the man who happened in private or thought even in private, he said, you know, you got you to grab women by the pussy. You got to get their attention that way. Well, what fascinates me, you're absolutely right. What fascinates me about uh, the whole march and, and the way that they wore costumes of uh, female body parts and otherwise for that matter, and, and really just looking nasty and really bizarre sort of commentary. And sometimes they were half-clothed, um, really inappropriate. What, what was the message? Was the message that we should respect you? Because guess what? You, you ain't getting no respect from us. I mean, unless, at, at least Betty Friedan, 
um, and um, Gloria Steinem and such. At least they dressed. You know, they didn't show their boobs in the, in the process. If you want to be respected for your mind, then, then don't flash your body. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I mean, we men don't go around uh, expecting respect by, by waving our penises around. That's a good idea. <laughs> but no, we don't, right? I mean, right. we wouldn't even think about that. It's nonsense. What, what, what is that? Um, I mean, you know, uh, among guys, we'll say, you know, we'll talk about, oh, he thinks he's got the biggest, you know what. But that's not the point. The, the point is that we, we don't parade it, literally parade it around. So they're, they're parading it around and they're saying, so this is what defines you as a woman is that, that your, your, your body parts that, so you, you want us to respect you because of your body parts. These from the same feminists who used to always say, I'm more than just a genital right. or an orifice. So they, they show it, like, just to kind of throw it right into your face, so to yeah. speak. And I, I, I guess I still don't get it. Um, you, do you want us to treat you as, as a woman for your mind, or do you want us to treat you as the woman that you're, you're telling us, that you're defining yourself as? It's a mystery. It's the same thing as the yoga pants mystery. That we always talk about, which as much as you, you know, we all like looking at a nice female body. I certainly do. You certainly do. Um, the point is, though, that on the one hand, we've been told, hey, my eyes are up here. And now you're saying, hey, no, look at my ass. Look at my ass. All right. And, and I'm, I'm using that word ass in, in, in a slightly vulgar way, because that's the way that guys look at your, you know, behind. <laughs> they, they say, oh, wow, what a nice ass, they'll say. Um, and so you've been saying uh, the fight for for. For our, for our eyes, male eyes to come upward from the breasts usually, right? Is now not only has it gone back to down to the breasts, it's gone down to the ass as well. It's a dichotomy. It's like we, we can't understand this, and in many ways, it's it's like they want to have it both ways. There's, uh, yes, I mean, there's a great Simpson episodes uh, where where there's exactly this battle going on between boys and girls, and the principal, Principal Skinner. Uh, is is caught saying, well, maybe girls need a little bit more help in engineering and math and things like this, and he gets booed, and 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 then he says, no, they're they're all equal, and he gets booed for that too, and then finally he doesn't know what to do, and finally he says, all I know is that everyone's and no one's better than anyone else, and everyone's the best at everything, <laughs> right? And 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 the, the mantra seems to be the men and women are exactly the same, except where women are better. <laughs> Or men are worse, <laughs> then it's all cool, right? That that's the that's, that's the rhythm. I mean, but you can't have it both ways. This mantra of like uh, let's uh, let's face it, guys, <laughs> the, the women are really the ones who are who make us great. To to whatever extent we think we're great, it's all because of the woman. Women are smarter than us. They're more savvy than us. They're more intuitive than us. Here, here, right? To which not one woman will say that that ain't right. We're not any better than you. We're not any worse than you, but we're not any better than you. No woman says that. They all smile along with, with that. But the minute you say that a girl is or a woman is, 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 is less capable than a man in whatever arena. Like carrying math, sandbags around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> carrying heavy weights. Sandbags. Yeah. Maybe running or whatever it is. Or, or math for that matter. Um, or being able to focus on one topic, uh, you know, or whatever. That then they go apoplectic. I've always said, for example, uh, you know, you you have two girls. I have one girl, and uh, you know, it's it's said, and, and we see it in in practice that girls seem to mature faster than boys for the same age, right? In fact, quite a bit. 
Uh, they might be two years ahead or three years ahead compared to the boy the same age. And if it were the reverse, Ari, that somehow boys were more mature by two or three years and it was kind of clearly understood and clearly seen that way, women would be all over it. They would say, oh, that's a cultural difference. That's a... Um, that's because of social acculturation. What do they call it? Um, patriarchy Yeah, bias. the patriarchy bias and everything else like that. It's, uh, it's all socialization. That's what they would say. And, but, but when it's the reverse, when in fact it's the girls are more mature, it's, be, it's because of their biology and it's their differences and, and they're more intuitive and all this stuff. It's they're, their periods. Well, whatever <laughs> it is. Literally their I, I know you're joking around, but, but, but seriously, it, it really angers me. If you want to be taken seriously, cut this crap out. You cannot have it both ways. And I'm speaking not necessarily to, to the women who listen to this podcast, and I know we have a lot of them, and I appreciate that, because they're rational. They, they, they will say the same thing that you and I are saying right now. But I am angry with the lack of logic and the talking out of both sides of their mouths when they go uh, on that women's march and they say these crazy things. Again, the Ashley Judd... Uh, speech is the best example of what I'm talking about. You are just, you just, you, you want to hold your, your head in your hands and say, and with your mouth agape and say, is this really what they take seriously? And people are applauding this speech and think it's so, uh, so articulate. This is what passes for logic these days. It's embarrassing. And in fact, I, 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 I'm encouraging everyone who listens, and, and I have done the same, to show this this video of Ashley Judd to everyone that they know, especially children, meaning I'm children like 10 years and older, because it's crazy. And all you have to say is, this is the way liberals think. Yeah, and do you want to grow up to be that, or do yeah. you want to be yeah. better than that? That's right. There's another thing to it, which is the two points that come to my mind about this are, the first is... Um, do you have to have a march that lives up to every negative stereotype of your Oh, group? good point. Yeah, yeah. Does your march have to be completely scatterbrained, inconsistent, illogical? Does it have to fit every joking 1940s or 1950s stereotype of the woman driver, the helpless damsel in distress, every victim type? Of yeah. Where was one strong, independent woman speaking from a position of strength and not victimhood? Yeah. And then... The physical appearance that we're talking about. And let's not even get to the signs that had profanity all over them or the uh, gynecological costumes. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about the disheveled appearance and the freaky deaky kind of, if you will, freak show of weird, what they call intersectional victim feminocentric mm -hmm. groups. People right. who are a lesbian, transphobic, transphilic, femino something or other. Rather than, wouldn't it have been so much more powerful if everyone dressed the best they could be and looked yeah. classy yeah. and acted, let's be strong, dignified women. Right. Let's look like strong women the way Susan B. Anthony or even Margaret Sanger would yeah. want us to look like. Well, it wouldn't work. I, look, I, you're so 100% right. That actually would be effective. Uh, they would still have to figure out what, they, what they're complaining about. <laughs> Putting that aside, they would have to figure that out. But, but, if they wore the elegant clothing that you're talking about, like a, a business attire, let's say, and you know a nice um, cut dress and uh, walking, uh, you know, nicely and elegantly, uh, with nice hair and everything else, and then they they have nice speeches about a certain focus about 
what what our goals are as women, generally speaking, and saying and and applauding how great it is that we live in America, uh, where we can get fantastic opportunities and look at all the great opportunities and simply say, look, ladies, you have these these opportunities and always be fighting for those opportunities and that's what it counts. We're we're not asking for handouts, no sir, no ma'am. We are asking for opportunity. We are expecting opportunity. And we have it now, and let's not let it get away from us. Okay? Thank you. That would be the best, best speech that they can make. Problem? It's not a liberal speech. Okay? That's a big, big problem for them. They have so tied their wagon to the liberal cause, to the gay marriage cause, to the um, affirmative action, to the abortion cause, to just about everything other than feminism itself other than, I should say, anything pro-women itself, that they've kind of lost who they, they are themselves. That's Not right. Re- right. That is such a great point. I was, I was thinking that when you saw this mishmash of every uh, college campus feminocentric cause under the sun, abortion rights, contraceptive rights, uh, pay equality, pay gap, uh, ethnic women, Black Lives Matter, this, that, yeah. the other, it then become that's where it becomes a march about nothing. Yeah. If they had focus and they said, we want you who ha- are from all these groups to come and be there. We want you to look good, but we're only, you know, as as good as you can. Dress well. Don't, don't, we're trying to reach out to the other side here. And we're, we're going to have a single purpose. We want to confront vulgarity with class. And right. yeah, we're liberal, we're Democrats, we want all the Democrat causes, but we're not going to focus on any of them. The, the speech that really struck me was Scarlett Johansson's speech. This is a beautiful lady, the movie star Scarlett Johansson, and she showed up in this incredibly severe haircut, very akin to Cecile Richards' haircut, the chairman of Planned Parenthood. And she gave a pro-Planned Parenthood screed of a speech that was almost as... Uh, unhinged as Ashley Judge, but it was a little bit more focused because it at least had an organizational's, uh, an organization's advocacy behind it. Right. But did you have to take an issue that so appalls the other side and bring it to the forefront at this event without realizing that it will do nothing for you to convince the Trump female voters to come to your side? Oh, that's true. It's, re- it's really true. It- the, the biggest problem of it, I mean, this, this is the second part of uh, one of our topics. The first one is forcing a fit and now, now, now this. But if, if I could put it into one theme, it's, it's being about something. And this march was not about anything. It, it, it seemed to be about something. And it's ultimately the same problem that the feminist movement had, which is the, people loosely, they don't even know what feminism means. I mean, it's, it's one of those things you can see it in so many different angles, right? It's a, in the same way that you and I see the color red and we can both identify it, but I don't know if you're seeing red the same way I see the color red, right? And so on down the line. So I think many people see feminism and they, it means something completely different to, to all of them because no one's locked down what it means. And they, they haven't decided from, from day one what feminism means, what being, being pro-woman means at all. You know, I... I I don't even call it, see it that way. I simply say that everyone should have equal opportunity. Uh, I, I think if a woman wants to be a firefighter, great. If she wants to be an astronaut, great, fine. Um, I don't think we should force women to be these things. That, or to, no, Of course, they're not forcing them to be. I, I don't think we should be uh, shaming them if they don't seek out these traditionally male-oriented lines of work. 
but, but I think that's, that's the problem in many ways, that we are trying to shame them. But this whole womanhood business is great, but they, they, they're all coming. I mean, people are saying, we're having a woman march, and everyone come. And so, but no one stops to say and, and ask themselves, for what? What's the, what's the message that we want to convey here? What's, why are we coming together? Are we just going to yell and scream? Are we going to complain a lot? Who, who wants to be in any room full of complaining? Complaining women? Uh, of anybody. No, I, I mean, I, I <laughs> no, know where you're going it, with that. It's the, it's a, if the, it's a feminist march, the question must be asked, well, they must be appealing to non-feminists. Right. So if there are going to be a bunch of complaining feminists, the question should be asked, if you're playing like a chess game, well, what happens next? Right. Who wants to be around a bunch of complaining feminists? Right. That's true. I, I don't, you know, frankly, I know you're kind of half joking there, but I... I don't want to be around complaining to anybody. Right. Right. That's exactly uh, it. I mean, I, I say this as a lawyer, I mean, and my job is, in, in essence, to complain, I guess. But you can say that, but it's not true. I am assertive. It's one thing to complain. It's another thing to seek justice. Those are two very different things. And uh, the, the best way, the best way to approach this and the way they could have parlayed their, their, their message, in addition to what we were saying, the whole tone should be one of uh, applauding who we are all of our opportunities, and uh, asking Donald Trump to the extent they even believe it, because I don't think they do, most of them, uh, you know, to, to uh, always remember us that we are half of the, the, the workforce, and uh, we, we, we always want our opportunity, and we know that you won't take it away from us. God bless America. Okay, that's it. Yeah. yeah well, back to the point about the feminism and the, the definition of it, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, just answer really simply. What is a white supremacist? Somebody who feels that whites are superior to anybody else. And how do they look upon anyone else? Down. As inferiors. As right? inferiors. By right. definition, yeah. right? So I think we've hit on the problem here. The problem is feminists know the actual definition of what feminism means is so horrific, they dare not define it by its actual terms because it reveals their bias and evil. Right. Ergo, if you say, I am a feminist, it's totally akin to saying I'm a white or black supremacist in that you are saying, in essence, if you're using the English language, which we are, you're saying females are superior and everyone else isn't. And, yeah. you, and if they were to actually go to that truth place, they then reveal the immorality of their position. I, I see what you're saying about that, uh, and I, I would have to study that, that point. I think there is a, is a feeling of superiority among so many women, uh, and, and that's what feminism means to them. I don't know if it's true for everyone altogether, but putting that all aside, uh, and, and I appreciate what you're saying and where you're going with it, but putting it aside, there was no moment that I know of in any of these rallies where someone stood up and said, here are our, the principles of feminism. Here are the, the principles of womanhood and how important it is for society to recognize us and what our grievances are. Nothing. It yep. just wasn't there. It was just, right. just a big complaining session. And, and you'll see snippets, snippets, not just from Fox News, from, from everywhere else. You know, this person talked about uh, wage equality. This person talked about... Um, making sure that tampons weren't taxed. This person talked about uh, the glass ceiling. This person talked about minimum wage. This person talked about race relations. 
I, it's, it's, it was everything to complain about everything else. Yeah, but that's my point. If, uh, hear this. And because let's they, they, let's they, they, I, I think I, now I understand. They dare not actually go to what they really claim to want. For two reasons. For two very important reasons. Yeah. If you take the feminism means the equivalent of white supremacist and everyone else is thus inferior and thus right. subhuman, that's a place you can't go because it's appalling to anyone with a, with a right. brain to hear that. Right. The second reason they can't define it is because not one, not two, every one of their tangible political posi- positions in reality conflict with the very nature of being female. No female in nature, human or any other species, ever naturally wants their offspring killed in the womb, in utero, or out of utero. Mm. Losing a child is the most painful thing any parent can do. Yet what front and center of this march is abortion rights. Yeah, that's right. Number two, women in the workplace and equal pay. No woman, in a natural sense, wants to spend her entire life in a career mode if she's allowing for her biological yearnings. Women are attracted to men. Every woman wants to be treated like a lady by a man who's a provider. And yeah, I'm not saying she doesn't have career ambitions and areas of interest. But what woman wants to schlep around uh, a welding torch and work as an iron worker building skyscrapers her whole life without spending a few years off to have a family and raise children, even if iron work is in her family and it's what she loves? I I agree. So my point is, it's not one, it's not two, it's every one of them. And here's the kicker, the final point. One of the organizers was Linda Sassour, who's a pro-Sharia law Muslim woman. Yes, I saw that. They were putting hijabs on women made out of American, American flags. flags. Yeah. They were Islamizing women. Wouldn't it have been uh, nice, wouldn't it have been nice if at least one person at that pro-woman march gave a speech saying, we're women united in America, and although we have challenges in America for things we want and protect— I want to talk for a few minutes about how lucky we are in America to have what we have, how thankful that we have what we have because of all the work of the, yeah. the feminists, you know, uh, Susan B. Anthony, etc., throughout history. And I want to tell the women of the world who are still living in oppression, fear, and squalor, we are there for you. Yeah. That would, that would be Especially fantastic. those in Muslim yeah, countries. That, that'll never happen because, as of we, course, as we t- like I said, it totally conflicts with all of the liberal ideals that they required there. Yeah. Because, like, just one quick point: there was a pro-life women's group that wanted to join, and they didn't let them come. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, here is the, of course, that's con- consistent. Uh, the liberals, liberalism, generally speaking, is part and parcel. It, well, no. That's not fair. They're, they're allied with the uh, radical jihad to some extent, to some extent, because they have one thing in common. They both want to see the slow destruction, if not immediate destruction, of Western civilization. Uh, they don't like the way that the, the radical Islamists do it, but by golly, they've got the right goal in mind, right? Uh, so, you know, they get the job done, right? They do the dirty work, right? <laughs> um, but going back to and, and a quick comment, um, when you said about the um, the iron welders and such like that, uh, look, there are some women out there that have no interest in having a family that do want to be an iron welder that would be happy to be an iron welder and retire just like a man and that man would. Maybe she's a lesbian, maybe she's not. It doesn't matter. Um, 
But clearly, that woman is the exception. Okay, it, it runs against her biological nature, and and you don't have to like that biological nature, ladies. I don't care if you don't. I'm not going to force that fit with you. To go back to our previous phrase, men and women are not the same. Men and women have very different interests, and for some god awful reason, I don't know why, we boys, we men, like to shoot them up. We like to you know play cards. We like to follow football. I know you are are crazy about football. Um, I love to mountain bike. I like to get dirty, you know, in the mud, especially when it's raining. I like to do slightly dangerous things, right? Uh, I, I like to build uh, an office, and I like to make money, and I like to provide for my family, okay? Women, not as much, okay? They like other things, things that I don't understand. They like it. Like talking. It, they it, like to okay. talk. They like that, and that's good. No, no, really, and really, it's, no, they it's, do. It's, a, it's a good quality. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have to go through the whole things. But the point is, they want the exceptions to swallow the rule. They want to make the exception the rule because they can find one woman who wants to be the iron welder that you're talking about. Therefore, we all have to act like the iron welder. That's, that's bull. That's bull crap, I'll even go so far to say. You can even use the IRA warned everyone that this is an over <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't swear. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's bull crap. Okay, yes. it's, it's just really offensive to logic and, and to the facts on the ground of life. And, and here we are at this Million Women March, and that's why they're so kind of, it's like nailing jello to the wall. What, what do you want from us? What, what, okay, so let's, okay, think of it. <laughs> I'm all over the place now. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. I like, I'm trying okay, to figure this out. Skin I'm trying, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, so, so. You, 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 come, you come away from this from a, like a seminar, right? Uh, you know, you and I go to business seminars of different kinds. Let's say I go to a law seminar. We're going to learn about the latest developments in uh, wage and hour uh, uh, laws, okay? And uh, you go to the seminar and you, you get some pamphlets back, right? You get a summary and then you maybe download uh, to, the, um, to your associates in your office. Here are the basic principles that I learned. Woo, there's this new law that came down. Better be aware of that. Warn our clients about this, and I recommend this and that. Okay, and the same thing with uh, whatever you go to a comedy, uh, a, a comedy uh, group or a convention or some kind, and you learn about new people and such like that. And you take away something that you learn, right? Okay, what's the takeaway from this march? What was it? Tell me. Did did, did you learn anything, or did you simply come come away saying, "Wow, it's really great to be among other like-minded people," complaining? A lot about nothing, right? <laughs> nothing and everything at the same time. <laughs> like, woo, glad to be there. <laughs> that's all it was, right? That's it. <laughs> so no, no organization, no basic set of principles, nothing. And it's, it's, don't be proud of it. If you were part of, part of this, this march, ask yourself what you really accomplished. Because I don't know that you accomplished a thing. Other than, wow, it's a lot of people on the street. Good for you. Okay, but you know what? There was an election. The man that you didn't want won. Uh, and that's okay. You know, better luck next time, whether in two, four, or eight years from now. But, you know, just accept it and try to work on with it. Can, and, I, can I ask a quick question that just struck me based on what you just said? Yeah. Can you explain to me um, mm-hmm. um, why... Perhaps, and maybe we sort of answered it by all the uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah. um, reasons we said over all this unclarity and why it was just sort of a 
sure. let's say a messaging um, cluster, you know what? Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me why Hillary Clinton wasn't there? Oh, <laughs> I, uh, that's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> I don't, see, because my, my question so far has been how come Hillary Clinton has not been out there saying, you know, when, when the riots were happening, when the traffic was being blocked, when the Electoral College was being uh, attacked, when the, when the vote was, was being questioned, uh, when the claim that the Russians had hacked uh, the election and so many other things, uh, or what they did with uh, that poor um, special needs kid that they tortured in Chicago and it was caught on Facebook Live. Why, where was she saying, guys, enough? We need to honor... Uh, the uh, no nobody wishes that she could be more president than me, Hillary Clinton. But you know what? One of the things I, I love about this country is democracy, and uh, they they put up a much better fight, and they won, and we have to accept the results. And he's my president, and I encourage you to support him as well. But please, no matter what you do, no violence. This is not. We, we're better than this, right, Americans? Let us show uh, our conservative friends on the on the opposite aisle how classy we are. And we know how to lose, because if we don't do that, we are more apt to lose the next time. Let's, let's start working toward winning in 2020. And whoever is going to be running, I'll be right there supporting him or her. Or we'll, me. Or me. Well, it won't be her. But, but let's, let's fight the good fight, okay? Not, not the nasty fight, as it were. And, but but that's, that's my beef with Hillary Clinton now, she didn't show up at the Million March. Okay, I, I, that's a good question. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's antithetical. Maybe she's just so pissed off with life, generally speaking. She doesn't even want to be around fellow women. Uh, it, it, trying to figure out Hillary Clinton um, is, is an exercise in futility. It, you're really just, it's, it's like going down a rabbit hole or, or trying to figure out the last digit of pi. It, forget about it. Just, yeah, but it's not I think worth it. My point, which I am clearly uh, implied, is that she knew the message would be a cluster, you know what? Mm-hmm. And she and Bill, who are at least somewhat politically savvy, it's really their only talent, knew don't go there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, they're definitely politically savvy. There's no issue there. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, we talked, this is the third part of our segment at this point, and it dovetails so nicely. You know, we're Jews, both of us, and one thing that has caused, one thing that's very unique about Jews, and I think it's actually true about the Irish, it's true about the Polish, it's true about the Italians uh, and the Chinese and the Koreans, okay? All of them are immigrant groups that came um, in the earlier part of the, the, the 20th century and the later part of the 19th century, I suppose. And, and they did well from themselves, not by complaining, they simply rolled up their sleeves. They dealt with the fact that other people didn't think very well of them. They were the newcomers. They, they were the strangers in a strange land. And uh, they were perceived to be threats in terms of jobs and culture and everything else. But you know what? They just beat the Americans at their own game. And the, no one you know, complains that the Irish uh, are somehow trying to take over America or the Polish or the, or, or the Jews. You know, it's, it's, it's all done at this point. And we never, we never saw it. Not one of these groups, including the Jews, not one of them said, we need an affirmative action for Jews. We need legislation to stop uh, people speaking nasty about Jews. Right? We, just, we just went about our way. We said, fine, that's your problem. Your hate is your problem. I feel sorry for you. What a waste of energy. 
That's what, that's what we said. And guess what? We won as a, as a result of that, of simply demurring to their hate, demurring. And instead, the new way to respond to this so-called hate, even to the extent that there is a hate going on, and I don't think there is, this, this miso- the, the misogyny that's allegedly going on, right? What, they're embracing it instead. They're dealing with it head on, a full frontal attack. It, and it's such wasted energy. And they look so silly in the process. If you don't like what Ta- Donald Trump said and you think that it's, you've elevated it to such an enormous proportion, how embarrassing for you. What you should have said is, what a silly little man. That's, that's, that's a dig on him. Okay? All right, and we just kind of continue on our way, and and you don't go around parading the fact like you won't be able to get me in bed just by you know grabbing my pussy, you know th- th- that's what they say. This is craziness. Just let it go. It's a, he's that was a moronic comment. Everyone can agree with that, even though it was in private and such like that. I you know I just it's stupid to say these things, but keep it in perspective, ladies. Keep it in perspective, everyone. Okay, I mean it. Harold, Harry Truman said an anti-Semitic comment or two during his uh, administration. You didn't see people rallying around the White House, uh, Jews, uh, you know, especially saying how outraged they were, outraged about this whole process. Complaining gets you nowhere. That's why we've titled this podcast as such. All right? It gets you nowhere. And, I, and, and I, I'll tell you, if you ever noticed this, and, and this is maybe a perfect way to blend into my point, because I was, I was going to bring it as a separate topic, but it's really quite perfect. That the kid in, in elementary school or even high school that is always left alone and uh, he's, he's meant to be, he's ostracized. He's not even bullied necessarily, but nobody really wants to play with him or her. And and part of the reason why, and, and they, they keep on complaining about, why don't I want to have any friends? Why won't anyone want to play with me? You need to play with me. So Ari, I ask you, do you want to, do you want to play with that person? No, not at okay, all. Okay, tell me why. Because if they're only going to complain about the things that they perceive as uh, holding them back, they obviously don't have what's interesting about being a human being, which is the desire to overcome obstacles. I think you're overthinking this. Um, I, I, I think the, the reason is people don't like complainers. They just don't like them. And I'll tell you the best way, if, if I were to tell, you know, thankfully my kids uh, seem to get along pretty fine in, in school and everything else. But if they did have a problem, and I remember telling a little kid once, uh, she was having some problems in school. And she felt alone and, and felt like the other kids didn't like her. And I, and I said... Just do this every single day to every person that you're dealing with, just in a slow, methodical way. Don't be too obvious about it, but do this. What's that? Say, how are you? How's it going? Ask about them, and you'll see that they'll want to be your friend. Okay? You engage people and say, how's it going? You know, For guys, the language might be a little bit different, but the, the, the point is the same. Guys will say, dude, what's going on? How you doing? Or like, uh, did you get that new mountain bike? Awesome. Tell me, is, is, she a, is it a great ride or what? Right? And women will say, you know, oh my gosh, I love that dress. What did you get that? How did you think? How did that make you feel to get that dress? Right? Whatever. And I know I'm being a little stereotypical here with the dress business, but still, the point is, 
that the how are you's, the, the, the being interested in the person's life is very, very critical. And that's, that's how you engage and that's how you become part of the team. People want to talk about it themselves, for one thing. So engage. It's, it's the, it, we're built for that. And this notion of I'm only going to be interested in myself and people have to invite me all the time. I have to wait for some nice person uh, to come bring me into the playground. And, and you just be a wallflower for the entire, all your life. Well, but why, why aren't you the person bringing the other person in, right? I mean, somebody's got to start the dance. Why, why isn't it you? So go out and say, how are you? And, and ask about the person's day. And, and did, you, did you get that? How was that case uh, that you worked on? Or Ari, did you land that client? Or did, whatever it might be. You know, you were excited about this thing. And I, there's so many things to talk about. Engage. And then people will like you. But they don't like complainers. That's the point. And all you did with this millions of marks, yes, you've got numbers, good for you, but no one likes you. In fact, we're laughing at you. We don't want to deal at all with you. I mean, Ashley Judd, or for that matter, Madonna, uh, I mean, I, of course, I, you know, they're celebrities. I'm not going to be their buddies in the first place and such like that. But I'm, I'm turned off for them as an individual. I, I don't, uh, yuck. I don't, want to, I don't want to be near these people, so to speak. I don't want to bring them into my home, not because I'm protesting them from a political point of view or otherwise. Just, I don't like complainers. I don't. I like people that bring joy into my life. I like people who talk positively and say how great this country is. I, I'm, I'm tired of whining. And this is part of the reason why you and I left the Liberal Party. They whine a lot. They, they don't, putting aside all the stuff, they don't bring logic into the argument. They don't want to study history. Um, they refuse to listen to the, the, the wisdom and logic of your, of your arguments. Uh, they can't seem to make an argument without swearing at you or calling you names. Putting that all aside, I just don't like complaining. I don't like to hear they're complaining all the time. And that's all they do. It's, it's every liberal policy in some way is a reflection of complaining. Again, whether that's minimum wage, the complaint is, you ain't paying us enough. Um, whether that's, the, you know, um, taxing on, on tampons or not, right? That's unfar to us, right? Whether that's um, wage and hour claims, he ain't paying me enough. Um, or uh, racial discrimination, you know, he looked at me in the funny way. He, he's not treating me fairly. Everything is just complaint after complaint. All these laws, all these progressive liberal laws are all based upon complaining about something instead of elevating seeing a way of opening up, as you say, to, to be expansive. For, for them, for the most liberals, it's all about trying to control your life. Yes, but it's a form of complaining. And it, at some point it gets tiring. You, you give up on it. And that's why so many liberals ultimately become conservatives, and so rarely do conservatives become liberals. 